Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Um, first up, an apology. Uh, we did record a podcast last week, but um, technical challenges. Some would say technical incompetence on my part, actually. But I mean, I'm going to stick with the official line of technical challenges meant that the recording wasn't in a great state for Eugene Berger to actually play with. Um, now, hopefully... We've, uh, I've learned from those mistakes and uh, we will be um, out for public consumption on Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, as ever, I'm joined by Sal Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? Yeah, good, Dan. Good to be back on again. Shame about last week, but these things happen. There's no uh, um, real... Uh, it was good as well, wasn't it? In, yeah, Something it was good for everybody. Very cool, yeah, actually, sex, yeah. drugs, rock and roll, the whole lot. Oh, the whole lot, mate. All the, all, the, all the revelations about our lives came out in that one, I tell you. So, yeah. Well... We'll They'll keep, never know. We'll keep it child free today, or at least using more. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's good to be back on again, and, and we're happy to have our guest from last week back on again as well. So that's great. We are, yeah, great to see um, Shrikant Kerai with us from Swami Bapa. Now, th- those of you who um, li- listen regularly will know that Sal and I have been following Swami Bapa's fortunes, really, principally because although they've been struggling, they've been getting very, very, very close to winning. And recently, it happened. And it didn't just happen, um, it happened massively. A huge win for. Swami Bapa in week 10, and we'll talk to talk about that in a second. But Shrikant, first up, uh, welcome on board. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Um, firstly, I want to say thank you for following us. It has been an up-and-down season. And um, the team has started to listen to the podcast. They're really interested. Um, and the, when you guys talk about Swami Bapa, it really cheers them on. So thanks for following us, guys. Excellent. Oh, I could only apologise to your opponents then. We, we, we don't want to be seen as cheerleaders for any, but, but, but the story's quite an interesting one for us. So, um, so I, was, I just sort of opened the floor on that one then, Shrikant. A lot of our listeners won't, won't know too much about Swami Bapa, and that's partly, of course, because the Championships recently joined the County League and many of the clubs w- won't have played against you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the history? Where, where does Swami Bapa come from? Yeah, so Swami Bapa Cricket Club is a community-slash-temple cricket club. Um, firstly, it started in Kenya, where our parents and grandparents migrated from India to Kenya. Um, they loved cricket, so naturally they started up uh, Swami Bapa Cricket Club uh, with the temple and the local community. Um, it's a charitable slash community club where um, you know all the friends, family guys got together, um, joined the league in Kenya. Um, with the success, we had a lot of um, publicity, and with that came great players. So, ex Kenyan cricketers such as Steve Ticolo, David Ticolo, Morris Uma, these all are famous cricketers. Uh, joined the club, and from then on, we we managed to win many uh, major leagues um, in Kenya. And um, like always, people move on, and people moved on to the UK. Uh, we've got to re-establish the club here in the ni- mid-1980s in London and also in Bolton. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's just a community club, small club, I would like to say, uh, but with great success in Africa, and we hope to do it over here as well. Yeah. And you run one side in the county league, right? Yeah, one side. We actually um, had three sides. We uh, had the first, the second, and the third team was an over forties team. So the players who start, the players who um, actually founded the cricket club said, "You know what? You guys are having great success. We want to come back and start playing cricket, competitive cricket." So we had an over forties team, which lasted three or four years until they um, retired again. Uh, from then on... Oh, people, that happened. Yeah. yeah, they're good at retiring once they get to that age. Exactly. I speak that. from experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, from then on, people again, unfortunately, moved on um, and we've had to uh, restructure the club. We're now, unfortunately, down to one team. 
but hopefully now focusing on the Celts enough, um, we'll, we'll hopefully get up again, have two teams and come back to the successes we had previously. And so at the moment you're in Division uh, 5. Correct. Um, and I, I guess, you know, we'll get onto this season in a moment, but is that sort of roughly where you feel you should be or do you think you're underperforming a bit or, um, or, or overperforming even? No, I think we're slightly underperforming. With the team we have right now, um, I think we've got one of the great bowling uh, lineups for the, for the division we're in. Um, uh, likely we've bowled most of the teams out. We've not had any teams that uh, won against us uh, outright. It's always been a close game. Either we've lost by 10 runs, 15 or 20 runs. Um, so I would like yeah. to say the team is underperforming. We should be in the top three without a doubt. But unfortunately, that's how cricket goes. Um, we've lost a few games on close nicks. Um, but yeah, so I think we're in the right place, I think. We, we, yep. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I've said it to Sal before. I think English cricket right from the very top down to, down to the lowest levels is stronger bowling than batting, on average. I mean, obviously some sides are stronger batting than bowling. But, but I think it, it, if you were to try and think about where strengths and weaknesses in English cricket are, I, I do think an awful lot of sides bowl better than they bat. And, and you see that with some of the scores in the counter league. Now, we, we do get high scores as well. But, um, but I, I do think ultimately that some of the sides are, um, uh, find it easier to get 10 wickets than they do, say, 250 runs. Uh, and so it's interesting that, that bowling seems to be very much to the fore. I wonder if this is because people don't value their wickets so much think, anymore with a shortened game. Yeah. Or is that just my prejudice? In, in, in our division, uh, where we are right now, I think even maybe Division 4 um, and Division 3, it's the batsmen who, who sort of lose their mind. If you get a couple yeah. of overs that they've not had hit a boundary or they've not made any runs, people lose their heads. But also in our division, the, the, the grounds that we've got um, okay, some clubs have private grounds and maintain very well. Unfortunately, we're not at that stage. We are on a council ground, so maintenance is, is not the greatest. Uh, therefore, the pitches are not the best. So it always sort of favours the bowlers. Well, apart from Saturday, where the weather was great and it was a flat wicket, but uh, most occasions, the pitches really favour the bowlers. That's what we feel. I think there's something in that. You know, having, having sort of drifted into our threes, you, you do see the council grounds are an eclectic mix of surfaces. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes with grass on, actually, occasionally. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I hear you. That that doesn't it doesn't make batting any easier. That's that's for sure. Um, good, good. We'll come back to Swami Bapa, um, Shrikant, in, in due course, of course, to find out about about you know how you turn the tide and 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 won so big in week ten. Um, Sal, we, we better start. I should say, Sal, but I had my first chirp this week about the podcast when I was batting. I didn't bat very long, so, so Will Trotman from Shepherd's Bush got it in early. But, um, but it's the first one I've had, so um, I, I thought that was, a, a, that was something to mark down. Um, you know, come on, let's give him something to talk about on his podcast type stuff. All perfectly you know, fine and dandy, but uh, it's taken 11 weeks for anyone to come out with that. So I got that this week. But you're higher up than me, what was going on in the Prem? You're a marked man now, Dan. I am, yeah, that, something like that. Pre-game tactical, your position. Yeah. Talk about podcasting a... Uh... Well, I only got one, so it might work. Perhaps, right. it, perhaps it psyched me out. Dan, yeah. were you giving out with that umpire that you had an argument last week with? Oh, I'll get on to him a bit <laughs> later. Uh, no, another umpire gave me that leg before. Right. Um, so, so, and, and it, was, it was out, so absolutely no. And, you know, no, no problems with Hugh either, in case anyone thinks, oh my God, there's going to be some umpire baiting going on here. But I will get to, to that later on. Um, what about the Prem, Sal? So we had a score through a weekend, obviously, with the weather-wise, and the league is definitely hotting up now. Um, Hamps a bit of a surprise actually I'm sure normally people fancy them to come away from crouching with all the points and they did fantastic performance from, from, from the team 
off the flyer of a start, Mabasha um, Hassan and Beckham Wheeler Green were, I think, the key weeks we know here for, for the summer. It was 114 run for the first wicket, Mabasha got 61 and Beckham mm-hmm. with 50. So the flying start really sort of took the attack on of Arabs Quran and Patrick Patel, who were in the wickets last week. Um, but as we know, Carano is, is a class act and he, he brought his side back into the game, taking another, you know, haul of wickets, took seven for 83, I think. I've got an here, yeah, seven for 83 as, as they fought back really well from Crouching. Bold Hampton that for 202 in the end, which is, you know, a good fight back considering there was 114 for one. And that's probably a target that Crouching would look at and thought, okay, we've got a chance of catching this. You know, we've got a decent battle, aren't we? We've got some guys who, who get on the things, but also can dig in when needed. And um, Hampson opted for spin as well at the start of the innings. And they've got another uh, good left arm spinner, um, and Ben Lockrow, who took 4.58, as mm-hmm. Crouching had a bit of a tough start in, in, in reply. Uh, Sundan Diaz, another a, a guy we know who gets on with things, doesn't like to hang around, hit, hit 45. His dismissal kind of really did sort of seal the game. I know. Um, Piranha and Pratic put on decent partnership towards the end. I think they had a 30 40 runs, but um, it, you know, there's always sort of you know that worry of one of us gets out, it could be you know, bang bang, we're finished and bowled out. And then Scott Barlow came back on and then took four four wickets and took the two wickets that were needed in terms of like the two main men and Patel and Piranha, and then um, that was game over. So, uh, 51 mm. win for Hampstead, 51 win, uh, 51 run win, sorry, for Hampstead, who will be delighted with that and crouching another defeat in, in the timed format, which could be something, you know, that's they're, they're talking about behind the scenes in terms of how they approach this game, what's what's gone wrong, is it the board, you know, the longer format, um, yeah. is it, you know, I'm sure there's something they're trying to work out, what's led to, you know, sort of wobbly sort of period of games they've had recently. And and the sides behind them, they, you know, they're, 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 not, they're not hanging around and Trying to catch them, North Middlesex. Difficult, you know, game at Finchley. Finchley, you know, great position at one point. They look, you know, they could be heading for 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 the first win of the season. They bowled, um, they batted first, scored two two four two four four for nine. Um, Aaron Amin scored ninety one, and then they had North Mid sixty for four. Now, you know, it's 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 not an easy position being in that situation there, but they've got some cast players in their side, and uh, like we mentioned in the past Ted Shearpuri, um, Harris Schoolboy. Uh, lots has been said about him. Highly rated cricketer, scored 86. But even when he was out, there was one save in the late for six. So the game was nowhere near in there, in in, in you know, in a bag effectively. But Gareth James sort of had his, um, let's just say, uh, I don't want to say down point, but his low early in the season when obviously he was a bowler that Rashid Muller's had a hit six off the last ball. Then you know he he's come back well and shown some great character and scored 77 not out as Northbridge won them by four wickets and now decent, go yeah, top decent of the table. Not. So, yeah, so they're now top of the table, um, applying the pressure and, and, you know, they've taken over their near neighbours who would actually face next week. So we'll come on to that later on, maybe. Tennyson also a good win for those guys against Twickenham, five wicket uh, uh, win at home. Uh, Twickenham obviously opted to bat first and scored what looks a good score, two one three four. Actually no, ten to one at the top I think from my thought. Ten, 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 
teleport you guys in, yeah. Um, took him two, one, three for nine. Carlos Nunes obviously had a good season recently and back in the runs and scored 71. And um, your keeper, yep. Ben Neal Green, chipped in with 40 on, so it's good to see him back in the runs. I know he um, was recently dropped to the two, so he's obviously come back well, um, showing good sort of, you know, abilities and attitude back on the side. Um, Tennyson, 34 for three, looked like, you know, not the easiest of starts. And obviously, we're bowling line-up. You know, you've got two good seamers and two good spinners. It could have been a tricky chase, but credit to uh, to the Tezen guys at Mavishet, Junjun Wala, again, scored a 50. And Harry Evans, who last year was like probably the star of the season for Tennyson, scored a load of runs. Australian guy who came over from playing great cricket. He's not had the best season so far in terms of runs he's scored, but obviously in Twickenham's uh, disgust probably or annoyance that he, he was back in the runs and scored 74. And then um, Riven Bailey and Matt Winter sort of got the guys home. So Tennyson, you know, we feel they're definitely in with a chance of, of chasing that championship title. Yeah, down. yeah. And I, I had, think it's yeah, interesting this one because T- Teddington, I mean, I saw the last hour of it because we finished quite early in our thirds game. So I, I just wandered via Bushy Park and they put 100 runs there uh, after being 30-odd for three. And they look very smooth, I have to say. Uh, and our bowling is, is, is probably our strength. And I thought Ginger Muller um, uh, in particular looked, um, you know, looked, looked like there was no problems at all, except, of course, that we dropped him. <laughs> we dropped him quite early. And I, th- I think had we, had, we done, had we taken that chance, then, then I think it might have been a different story. But, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda doesn't win you too many games. So perhaps we scored a bit slowly. I didn't see the innings, obviously, but it, I, I, I think we might have got just a little bit bogged down in the middle. But respect due to Teddington, they're, um, yeah, they're, 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 they're a strong side. And... If, if Crouch End and Middlesex slip up, then Teddington will be waiting to paint. Yeah, I mean, you, as you mentioned, um, you've backed the whole allocation 66 overs um, and 2 1 3 for 9. You know, it looks like it may, must have been sort of pretty tough going. Now, Alistair Pollock took four wickets and bowled 17 overs. There's, there's some effort from in that heat yesterday to you know, come in and do that for that period of time. I mean, Teddington's attack is very well balanced. There's no sort of real superstars in that attack, but they've got some good bowlers. You know, Alistair, who's you know, sort of medium fast. They've got Sam Harris, who's, who's a quick bowler. They've got Abdullahs there, the left armour. Abhishek, who bowls obviously off, off off spin. So they've got a balanced attack of guys who can do things. And obviously, James Keady as well, who's a, you know, he was nagging seam bowler as well. So there's this variety that can definitely cause problems to opposition batting lineups. Um, Bush and Richmond, um, high scoring draw here. Um, Bush 2 9 2 for 7, I think it was. And George Collins, opening batsman, who's had a good season so, so far and continues with 104. And Alex Blofeld down the innings likes to sort of come in and sort of get on the thing, 67 not out. Um, Richmond was indebted to one of the talented youngsters, a young lad called Tan, Tan May Tan, Tanawala. I think he's a Hampton schoolboy. Scored his first 100. Uh, and then Alex Griffiths, again, uh, was in the run, scored 61 and was run out for the second week in a row, which I'm sure Overjoyed we'll with, yeah. looking to win yeah. next week. Yeah. Uh, but with them two gone, it was a bit of a rear action after that and they finished on 2 3 2 great. Um, to see Bush sort of take them down and share the points. And then, as you mentioned last week on the podcast, that never took place. Um, Bron, Bron Eden was going to be quite a big game in, mm. in your eyes, Dan, wasn't it? And it turns out um, Bronsby come over 25 run win. Ealing, I mean, again, runs are really hard to come by here. Bronsby batted for 64 overs and scored 1678. 10 for 8. Nick Palmer, I think, um, from what I gather, he was his last game for Ealing yesterday. I think he's heading off somewhere and he took 4 for 58. He's going to be a big loss. He's a very good seam bowler, um, adds a lot to the Ealing attack. Ealing looked like in a good position, one one ten for three with a Belnad Gibbon and Scott Intimate at the crease. Um, Salam Shoka uh, took four for 25, I forget, with a 23 and turned the game and defeat for Ealing, which obviously will be sending sort of not massive shockwaves in the back. In, 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 in the... Well, I'm going to ask the question, Sal. 
Are Reeling going down? I'm going to say no. I still think they've got too mm-hmm. much about them. I mean, we, we've mentioned this in the past about availability and, you know, players not playing. And I've sort of done a bit of sort of looking up to them, this kind of situation that other clubs as well. And I think every club really suffers from this, really. So it's no massive excuse in terms of why they're there. You know, you look at sides like North Mid, Chevers Bush, you know, North Mid, Chevers Bush have not had their two team balls for the last three or four games, Bailey and Barnard. You know, um, North Mid haven't had James Parso playing for a long period of time. Uh, Will van der Spa wasn't available. Alex McQueen, these are good cricketers. You know, it happens in yeah. clubs, you know, yeah. and you have to manage it in manage the situation. So, Ealing, just, I don't know, maybe, I think I've, I think their batting obviously is a concern. You know, they haven't posted yeah. over 200 in the last three or four games, I think. So, that's obviously something that's worrying them a lot. You know, if someone like Robbie White becomes available, I'm sure they'd be delighted to have him back in, in, their, in their side. But there's guys, yeah. you know, Milo and Ollie Wood have not been playing recently as well. So, there's, there's three guys there that can easily help you score over 200 week in week out so I'm sure when they get back into the side they'll be more than happier yeah. um, now Robbie Robbie White is contracted yeah, he, is, yeah. Sense, I mean, right? he played one game yeah, yeah again if you, I think he's quite he's quite a regular fixture in the in yeah. the championship side well from what I hear the Middlesex players won't be playing anytime soon because of uh, Covid oh, really? okay. I think it was mid-August was the informal message we'd heard so um, not that we were expecting Blake Cullen to play because he's doing really well for for, for Middlesex and playing in the hundred, but um, yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought Robbie would no. be on the radar that, that soon. But I noticed they're playing Finchley this Saturday. Sound now? I'd have thought a win against Finchley will will definitely settle yeah. the nerves. A defeat, yeah. but Finchley were buoyed um, by the recent performance no. yesterday, and you know that's probably the best they've played yeah. all season. And they're almost in a situation they've got nothing to lose, haven't they? Now, really, they can just go out and attack every single game. You know, your bottom yep. the only way you can go up is just try and play positive cricket. So that that could be uh, one with. With you know potential blanching again for reading, so yep. Eating will be hopefully you know welcoming some players back into the side and looking to move up that table. And so, and going back to the top of the table, obviously North Middlesex now taking over the reins. Um, the thing about Crouch End, so when does a blip become a crisis? I mean, I think crisis is a bit heavy. They've lost a couple of games, haven't they? But that they were a couple of almost a couple of games yeah, clear at I one know. stage. I mean, that they'll they'll be scratching Definitely. their heads a bit, right? I mean, look, they're still. Within firing range of catching North Middlesex. If they win on Saturday, they go back to the top of the table. Yeah, yeah. it's only three so points. It's, it's I'm, three sure, points. Not, I'm sure it won't be massive sort of like crisis behind the scenes. But you know, obviously it's new to them as well. You know, this is a situation where they've not been in before within Premier League. I know they've done it in, in, other, in other divisions, and yeah. you know they've done they did a year in a row actually for three seasons in a row. But now it's obviously a much different scenario. You've you've got good sides, and again, it does show. Saturday was a great example of just. How there are no easy games on the, on the whole in this league. You might get the odd one here and there where you get you know, your, your, your big wins by runs or wickets, but Finch should put up a great fight against Middlesex. Hampstead turn up a crouch end and you know one quite comfortably in the end really. So it does go to show that you can't take anyone lightly at all in this division. Um, yeah. So yeah, that'll be a cracking game next week. Hopefully the weather's okay. Um, be a bit, I'm sure we'll be a little uh, bit banter flying around. Obviously with both sides just so near neighbours in some ways or another. So. Yeah, you don't know when to get lost on the way, wouldn't you? <laughs> I don't think that You know. I mean, I reckon... <laughs> Just jump that yeah, fence and you'll be there. They could both yeah. be <laughs> each other's ground in, I would say, 30 seconds. Maybe make that minute. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, can you, I mean, obviously you don't see much of the Premier League because you're playing, but um, any thoughts on it from well, afar? I think Crouch and obviously, like you said... They're not used to losing, but they're just three points behind. Even Teddington, I guess, you know, not not far behind as well. So, 
crowd chant when you when you say that it's it you know when's a, when is it a crisis i don't think it's a crisis anytime soon the team needs to gather the heads together focus down and take each game as it goes you know calm your nerves down and go at it again i think that's the case with crowd chant here and keep going and i've got a yeah, feeling they will I mean, quite frankly yeah, get the um, team together gather the thoughts and go at it again i mean that's all that they can do only three points yeah. guys only three points totally. Totally, um, and of course, even if they lose on Saturday, it's not, it's not, it's not over. It's exactly that. It's still not over. How's how's my friend Rashid? Yeah, you doing? went to school with Rashid Munazada, didn't you? Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's done pretty well. Yeah. He's um, <laughs> he goes under the radar because of that that left arm spinner that we got, uh, um, uh, Pat, Mr. Panasar. Mr. But, but he's um, yeah, he's he's been really quite impressive, and not, not only in the fact that he hit that six to to beat North Middlesex off the last ball, and we needed six to win, so he enjoyed that, but. He's, he skids it through at a rate of knots and he's, he's got good control. Um, and I, I think he's, he, yeah, he could he, end up with... He did bowl well back in school. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he could end up with 35 wickets Amazing. this season, which is, you know, which is a decent performance in, in, in the Premier League. So, so yeah, he's, he's, he's going pretty well. Um, good. That's good to hear. Good, good. Now, Division 1, Sal. Um, lots going on in Division 1 as well this week. Did you, did you pick up anything in particular? I, I did, yes, Dan. I mean... As I was coming back from an umpiring game, I was at yesterday. Brentford looked like they might be pulling off a bit of a shock. And looked at this, well, and look at some of the time we got driving, obviously. Um, the scorecard, and they they seem, you know, one four six for three, chasing just under one ninety, um, and then the collapse started. Unfortunately for them, I mean, when we had Chetham earlier in the season, they did say they lacked having a spinner. So it looks like Habib Yunus is the guy who's come and filled that void. Took five for sixty. Um, Brentham, you know, bowlers did well actually bowling out Hornsey in terms of for a total they've been happy to sort of like maybe chase down side. Um, Usman McBall took 5 for 59 and Pravin Yadav 4 for 47. Yep. Um, and Abbas Ilyas, who's been around, you know, Uxbridge is a good cricketer, scored 73 in their chase and looked like, as I said, there could be a shock on the cards here. But unfortunately for Brentham and um, I'm sure the other sides in that promotion chase, they couldn't see the game through. Yeah, I think it was an odd one because. Um... I, I spoke to Tom Brandreth, the Brentham skipper, and he, he didn't play this weekend. But he, he was saying they've had a few games like this where where they've been on the cusp of of, of either you know gaining a decent draw or winning, and it, it's just for whatever reason not happened to them. Uh, and it sounds like it was a similar story. But also, also Hornsey. I mean, Arthur George. Um, I, I think I'm right in saying he pulled a hammy in the warm up. Didn't bowl. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. so so, um, so so Hornsey were a, a bit up and down as well with things happening around them. So um, definitely one of those games where there's so much going on and it's, they're great games if you win. <laughs> I'd have thought if you lose, and particularly because Brentham desperately needed points, um, that they're the type of games where you're like, you know, the world the world hates me uh, and I need a glass of wine type stuff. So um, so yeah, poor old Brentham there. They lost for five runs, but um, but they got they got pretty close. In other games, well, we, we had quite a well-known TFC in the Stanmore game, didn't we? We did indeed, and a man by the name of Mark Cranbrookash decided to have a game this Saturday on cricket and uh, wasn't needed because he was eclipsed by a young lad who's set in the league like at the moment with batting, Travis Norris, 100 for Stanmore as they won by 10 wickets against Winchmore Hill, which is quite a convincing yeah. display really against the side of Winchmore's quality to do to, to that to them. Um, they did well bowling them out quite, sort of, quite cheaply. Uh, Trish, obviously, the captain... Good spell from him, took four wickets and they got young they got legs for the guy and so did most in Jaffer, I've been told mm. his name is. He took four he took five for thirty nine. And then after that, it was just sit down and watch Travis back, guys, because he's gonna put on the show for you, and he sure did. 
And I'm sure Mr. Rampakash was very yeah. impressed with what he saw. Yeah, I mean, he scored 100, and, 100 plus, you know, chasing 140, didn't he? So, um, I mean, I, I had, it's quite interesting, Sasha Silverhampton from Winchmore Hill reckoned, he reminded him of Graham Smith. He was that type of player. Quite a big bloke, you know, hit the ball. And when he hit the ball, you just looked where you were going to run to get it. So um, I thought that's, because I haven't actually seen bat, you know, as I guess many yeah. people that won't have done because we, we were playing. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was quite an interesting um you know, an interesting comparison. I also really hope Tush went up to Mark Ramprakash afterwards and says, you know, £12, please, Ramps. You know, thanks for coming, mate. See you. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he didn't, but uh, it would have been quite good if, uh, you know, how many how many test hundreds has he got? I don't know. Certainly more than, than anyone else in the league and, and, he, and he didn't even get a bat. But knowing knowing the way Stan Moore and Ramps work, that, that won't have been an issue, particularly as they won. You know, he's a club man through oh, and through. No, he's, he? Um, he is indeed, and I'm sure he's, Probably imparting as much knowledge as he can to Travis and any young player yeah. on that side because that he, you know, he's, he's as he said, he's a Stan Moore man through and through. And whenever he plays, I'm sure even if he doesn't really contribute, he'll try and contribute in other, in other ways, you know, by maybe watching, maybe helping technical part of the game or some, you know, sort of mental yep. side of the game. So, yeah. Definitely. I mean, having having someone like him on your side or in your club for a young youngster coming up, even when you go to watch, let's say, your first team play and you, you've got Mark Ram, Rampakash in your team, there'll be so much knowledge that you would just soak up. I mean, that's invaluable, right? Even even for your team, when you've got Monty there, if you've got young spinners, it's you just have to be a sponge just taking all that information yeah. in. That'd be great for the youngsters. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been very, very loyal to Stanmore over the years. I mean, he's played for them, mm. oh, goodness knows how long, 20 years maybe? It's certainly a long time, yeah, right? yeah. it's a decade. So around, it's yeah. not as if he does. Yeah. He pops up just once in a while. It's, you know, he's been a long-term supporter of the club, which is, which is great. Um, in terms of the other game, there were two quite interesting draws, weren't there? there? Um, yeah, I caught the end of the Highgate Enfield well, game. What did you make of that one? Um, back at the cot it looked like one of those games that could go either way really and Highgate were in a position where the run rate wasn't a massive issue they had wickets in hand um, slightly controversial dismissal of one of their players where he hit the ball onto his toe and the keeper caught oh, it Okay. I think the Highgate players think something else happened yep. Infield players appealed umpires had a chat gave the Highgate player out who went and spoke to the umpires. I'm not sure if you'll oh be getting an oh uh, email from Stephanie Ryan Golden next week or so. Mm. Maybe um, it's exchanging details and then after of Christmas that, cards, perhaps. Might well have been, but yeah. I'm not sure it was that pleasant. And then, um, yeah, so yeah, and Enfield just sort of kept jumping away, took some sort of valuable wickets. Um, Highgate's um, Dilshan, uh, Manam Peary scored 60, what, 60 runs. And then at the end, I think once I got the winning draw, it's kind of the case we're eight down, we'll just take the five points rather than be too bold and try and you know win the game when it's not going to happen. So yeah, so in the end it turned out to be quite a good finish. In the end, both sides played some good cricket, mm-hmm. and uh, Highgate will, will come away with a win and draw, but still in the bottom two. Yeah, still a bit to do. And and Acton versus Harrison Mares as well also ended in a draw, but it looked like it was a, a a pretty even encounter where where neither side could quite get over the line, right? Yeah, um, spin obviously yep. is going to be a key factor in this game. If you look at the scorecard, you'll see that. Ravi Patel and Carol Kazmi bowled the lion's share of the overs in, in when Acton batted. And then Alex Brennan, another good left arm spinner, did the same when Harrison Murray's batted. I think Sahil, who might, might have played 100th game for Acton this weekend, oh, right. okay. I saw some stuff on social media where they were putting pictures up of him. He scored 51. And then Raj Raiko, we mentioned last week with the ball, now demonstrated the bat. He can he it, didn't he? play quite, yeah. quite well. Yeah, he, he, that's his game. He just comes in and he sort of doesn't hang around. Scored 50. Um, but yeah, as you said, it, was, it turned out to be a draw in the end. I think one in one's been a bit like a chess match, really. Neither side really wants to date each other. 
gain that ground over each other. So they're probably quite content in sort of playing out a tactical kind of finish where, you know, neither side really gets the doesn't get the win and then it's like, you know, this is where we are. Let's see what happens in the next few weeks in terms of the rest of the... Yeah, absolutely. Time. And of course, the fixtures keep on coming in, in for, for, for Acton. Having played Harrison Marys this week, they've got Hornsey second place this on, on Saturday, which which I think will be a, a, a really interesting encounter. Because Hornsey a little bit up and down, a little bit. When they're good, they seem to be really good. Um, but Acton, I would say the other way, they're, they're generally solid. They don't have too many rank bad days. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what that... Well, that throws up on Saturday. Um, the other game, Osterley beat Wembley. Wembley's struggling a bit, right? Yeah, I saw, they are. But Osterley are you know, making a bit of a run, aren't they? They're yeah. a good run. I think they've won the last couple now. And you mentioned last week again, and regarding those with Osterley, get a couple more wins. And you know, if they win next week, if Acton playing Harris, Harris, Hornsey, yeah. sorry, they could be like 10 points off, maybe you know, promotion place. Yeah. Rather they win. Um they, but they're, they're getting some form going. They're dangerous side. You know, we've, we've mentioned them in the past. They've got some you know, very talented cricketers who can win games single-handedly mm-hmm. for them. And on their given day, that they can do that. Um, and a seven-wicket win against Wembley is, you know, no easy feet. So they're on, they're on a little march. Yeah, the keep an eye on Oscarly. They can beat anybody on the day. And it's always been the same. They've always been a club that can rise to any occasion. So I think the games when they play Harrison Marys and, and Hornsey, and I don't think they've played them twice um, as of yet, so that they could be really worth watching. But at the bottom next week, we've got Wembley v Highgate, right? 8th v 9th, that is a big game. Yeah, that is a big one. Is that at Vale Farm? Uh, Wembley at home, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. yeah. Interesting one. I mean, again, you, you don't go up or down in the middle of July, but you, you wouldn't want to lose, would you? No, definitely not, yeah. I mean, whoever, whoever takes the points there will be walking away delighted and thinking we've, we've just taken one step away from relegation. And the other team might be thinking the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. Super. Thanks, Al. Well, as Al, we'll have a few words from our sponsors. Looking for a new cricket equipment partner for yourself or your club can sometimes be tricky. With so many options to choose from, how do you make the right choice? When you want quality, value and service, there really is only one place to start. For more than a decade, Woodstock Cricket been producing award-winning high-performance cricket bats from their Shropshire workshop. Matched with their classy soft goods, luggage and accessories, Woodstock Cricket really do tick all the boxes. Get in touch with Woodstock Cricket and find out why many loyal clubs, players and international customers can't be wrong at info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. So we move into Division 2. Sound. It just gets better and better and better. North London, I mean, I find myself working out how many weeks it will be before you're promoted. You know, 36 points clear? This is um, it's looking like a walk in the park. Yeah, 40 of second place as well. Sorry, yeah. third place. We were Southgate, who beat us there. So that's probably the, the key target one. we're looking yeah. at. Or, yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, a very good win. Really delighted. The boys are really happy yesterday. Bit strange in terms of how the game was played out. We scored 186, I think it was in the end, which is, you know, uh, that kind of borderline kind of total against, you know, we have with some very good players and very good batsmen who have been around a few years and, you know, no, no, played Premier Division cricket, for instance, you know, so they're not, they're not really mugged at the bat. But it just seemed to shut up a shot really early on from the sounds of it. I was there, but I was getting reports about some of the guys and, you know, they're just blocking from after 10 overs, which is a bit hmm. of strange tactics, really. Yeah, um, and that obviously helps us because we can attack and you know put pressure on and and, and the boys. And what's good to see us as well, obviously, 
we've we've highlighted our two opening bowlers, Will Jones and Fred Idiot, took three wickets between them and we had other guys chip in. So that's 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 good for, for the side as well, just to show that we've got guys who can sort of come in and, and play a part as well, rather than just relying on you know two very good bowlers. Yeah. And how many overs were left, Sal? Do you know? Because it looks like it's around the 100 over mark. I think about four, four, okay. four or five. I'm not sure entirely. It was getting, I mean, I think there was nine down and maybe seven to go. Right. Um, but, yeah, and, and I mean, Jowling was the last player to get out. Jamie Jowling. We'll oh, well, he's been around a bit. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, if you look at their side, they've got a few guys pushing on a bit in terms of age wise. Mm. Um, you know, Wolfenden, Ravi Tessai, Swim Bowler, Jowling. So, um, They've had experience within the ranks, yep. but we're slightly sort of bemused in terms of their tactics and what they're trying to achieve. Maybe just trying to not lose the game. Which is also interesting because if you go into your shell and don't score too many runs, then um, the opposition bowl a lot of overs. And I'm not at all surprised to hear exactly. you could have had 55, 56 or, good, or, or whatever many it was. Um, you could have had more than, than the requisite amount because the, the overs just spin through, don't they? And uh, I think we would have given about 50 in the end if we... And you batted 54, didn't you? So, yeah. We backed 54. So, yeah, we would have given about 50 from what I was told. So, we've just done the um, three, mm-hmm. three and a bit overs to go. But as I said, it was just, I mean, I think maybe they rely on Stevens quite a bit at the top of the order. And we took, we got his wicket really, Mike Stevens. Right. Um, he's had a good season so far, scoring a lot of runs. So, they weren't in the best position to early on, losing early wickets. So, maybe that, that had some sort of part to play in what they thought they'd do for the rest of the game. Yeah. And you have a new suitor in second place. So, it's not Southgate, they're third. Southampton are fourth. Harrow had drifted into mid-table. It's Barnes. They're, they're, they're... Yeah, I mean, I mentioned yep. Barnes, didn't I, you two did. weeks ago when we played them. And I thought, they're really, they're good, good sides and good players. And it's actually, yesterday's results went as best as we could really ask for, really. Harrow losing, Southampton losing. Two sides who were close to us. And Barnes sort of popping up the table now in second place. And Alex Scott, the captain, took the five wickets. And um, they're, 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 they're good side. Mm. You know, I think if they get their regular 11 players out they won in that first 11, they're going to be looking at that second spot and easily capable of getting there as well because, you know, as I mentioned before, they've got some good cricketers, good balance from their side as well, you know, guys who, who know what they're doing with bat and ball. So that's going to be an interesting next few weeks. I think they actually play, I think Southampton or Harrow, not this weekend, the weekend after. Right. So the games will come. I mean, the other thing is, well, with we, we're at, with sides playing each other, that will help as well, you know, because the ones will nullify the other yeah. one. Again, that makes our sort of target. Well, you don't know, draw, wouldn't you? That would be even better if they could both draw. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. But we're, we're not, we haven't got the champagne out yet. We're still waiting for the mathematical equation to be solved and then we might... Well, that's, that's obviously sensible. And, I, and, I, and, and, you know, I totally get that. But, I mean, when I saw the table this time around, I did think 36 points, that's... Um, yeah, you, you, you're going to have to have a, an almighty great disaster for, for that to not be translated into a promotion at the end of the season which of course is really easy to say when you're not personally involved um, and when you are personally yeah. involved that's, that's the last thing you want to think about isn't it but yeah I mean well, well done to the boys there in North London that's I think I'm right in saying that's the biggest gap in any of the um, any of the three tiers at the moment between the, which you don't want to hear either I'm sure but um, but it is it is the, the case at the moment so, so so well done there at the bottom um Felt a bit sorry for the Middlesex Titans, Sal. Did you pick up on that? They had a decent winning draw, but things probably they probably didn't have a decent weekend. I mean, they're, they're, they're one of those sides, aren't they, who can sort of blow hot and cold and are capable of probably, you know, pulling off surprise wins, which I think they did a couple of weeks back, I think, against maybe Southampton or somebody else. But it looks like um, not the easiest of, of wickets in terms of run scoring. I mean, like, I mean, 108 overs bowled, so a lot of spin, I imagine, was used by both sides. Um, 
and um, they like to get on with things, don't they? Yeah. The Titans. Um, but I mean, the, the opening batsman—I can't pronounce second name. Elan Copan—he's he's normally the catalyst for any sort of quick starts that they have. He was out—he was out early on, so it might have been after he went. They kind of thought, okay, that's that's our best start. Yeah. Or chance to get a big start or quick start going, and it was just a matter of maybe just just playing. Through. I mean, Cameron Meehan for Uxbridge, I mean, fine figures. Of, Six for 44, 24 over. That's a, that's a fine sort of stint of Bob, yeah. isn't it? So, um, but obviously with Roxbridge leaving the league next season as well, which sounds like it's going to happen still. Um, will there be a slide going down? I'm not sure yeah. entirely how that's going to work. But I feel a bit in it that they, they, it looks like they dug in, as you say, which is, I mean, my experience at the time is, is that's not their natural DNA, that they want to play shots. And, no. you know, as you say, a lot of overs, a lot of spin. They got the draw and then they, they probably came off the pitch and saw... You know, saw the East Coast have beaten Harrow. It was like oh, blinking egg. So, um, so of course that that puts them uh, back in back in the relegation zone now, as East Coast are now eight eight points ahead. Wickham House only eight points off the relegation zone, and that, that I guess it's a close division to be honest. I mean, it's not razor sharp close, but we've been talking about Wickham House as one of the promotion sides, and I think quite legitimately so. But they're on forty one, East Coast forty one, Middlesex Titans thirty three. So. I think there's some cricket to be played here, yeah. Most definitely. We've got Wickham House this weekend. Oh, well, oh so crikey. Oh, right. Yeah. We're going to have, we're gonna have some, some say in what happens either end of the table. But yeah, they've had a bit of a sort of, you know, poor run in the last few weeks. And in the season, they looked at, they, I mean, you know, our captain was saying they're the hardest team we've played this yep. season. Yep. So they're easily capable of performing on their day. It just needs to be, you know, regroup, get the guys going again for the next few games of the season and try and push up that table. But promotion this, is now looking like a hard yeah. ass. This division is split, isn't yeah. it? You know, it is completely split. So Harrow could go into number two, Southampton could go two, Southgate could go two. But on the other side, Indian Gymkhana, Wickham House, East Coast could all get relegated. It's completely split, yeah. isn't it? It's one of those that's not far off at all. Yeah, I think that's right. And looking at the fixtures this week, it's all top half versus bottom half games. Yes. Correct. And I've yeah. got a feeling, I'm going to say this now, and of course I'll get it wrong, but I've just got this feeling that two of those bottom half sides will win. I don't know where they'll be, um, but, but, but it's one of, I don't know, it's one of those divisions where I, I, I'm not sure I, I, there's, there's too much that you could predict, other than North London bowl people out quite cheaply. That is one thing that's clearly consistent, but, but there's not a massive amount of consistency anywhere else. Um, so... Watch the top five sides all win now. I've said that, but I, I think it's that time. I don't know. Middlesex, Middlesex Titans are an unpredictable team, uh, and and yeah. they, you know, that they could quite easily spring a surprise against Southgate at the post office ground, and that's that's what they've got. That's a fixture this weekend. So, um, it's not easy to ground players in terms of, as a batting perspective. Their ground, so yeah, you know, yeah. If, if I had bat first, one in most decent score. Yeah, if I had one in one in to bat in my life before it all came to an end, I probably wouldn't pick the post office ground. I'll be honest. That wouldn't be the first place I'd want to go to, to, to bat. Having said that, it often makes for quite interesting cricket. Low-scoring games generally can be quite interesting games. Um, and been involved in a number of those at the Tamils in the past. So well, let's let's keep an eye on that one. Division three. Harrow Town's 100% record's gone, Sal, but they're still going quite well. Well, it's obviously smarting after that record was gone because they came back with some amazing performance yesterday, wasn't it? I mean, Well, it's the, it's it's the bowling that's the amazing bit, isn't it? I mean, 246-run victory doesn't get much better yep. it, than that. Um, and as, as, you, as you mentioned before, Dan, in the past, they do like to get on through the bat early on. So, again, there was no hanging around when the, when the guys went into bat. And then after that, it was just a matter of saying, OK, guys, here's the ball. 
let's see what you can do next. And it was literally, you know, literally a um, masterclass of bowling by, by the Harrow Town guys. I mean, Eating Ham Williams found out. Yeah, it, it, to their, to their it, it got a bit messy, didn't it? If, if we're being br- brutally honest, because um, I mean, they batted very well, two seven eight for eight, and um, and Rifas Hamid scored one hundred and fifteen, quicker than on the ball, all very good, and two seventy eight, you know, fantastic score. But um, you know, but poor, poor old Hanwell. It, it's not just that they were all out for thirty two. I mean, if you look at the card, they were twenty four for one, um, and then thirty one for two. Um, so thirty. Thirty-one for two to thirty-two all eight, gentlemen. I give, I put it forward that we will not see a more grand collapse than that this season, <laughs> or may well be next season. So, um, so yeah, that was it, yeah, as collapses go, you, you don't get much bigger than that. And and some of these bowling figures, as you say, Sal, Christian Daniel five for two off seven, Shauket Furrows four for one off four. You know, these are the stuff that these are career best performances, aren't they? You know, uh, impressive, but it do feel a little bit for. Um, for, for Ealing Hamwellians, and and again, I guess what you have to do is just draw a massive, great, thick line under it and say they're a good side. We've had a bad day. Who we got next week? Let's move on. And I'm sure they will. Um, but yeah, so 31 for two to 32 all out. You know, um, but pretty pretty bombastic collapse. I assume, Shrikant, you've never been involved in anything as uh, left field. Well, a few few seasons ago um, in the championship, we were in division two or three, one of those divisions, and our seconds, and I was. I was playing for the first, but what we heard, for what happened in the seconds was we got all out for probably 32. Mm-hmm. And we thought game over. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we got them all out 25. <laughs> <That's insane. laughs> so that, that was a close, well, a great game for us. Um, but yeah, well, involved in that, 32 all out. We were, we were in the same position. I can imagine in the dressing room before. Come great. on, boys, we can defend this. <laughs> And you did. Yeah. Well, that is something. Yeah, cool. imagine that. But then again, I think do think I'm going to stress again: thirty-one for two to thirty-two all out. Yeah, that's that's going yeah. to sting. That's going to sting. I mean, how many people must be sitting there with shorts on and just chilling out in the sun? The next minute you're rushing yeah. around and getting your kit on and pads on. Yeah, absolutely, that that's timed out territory, isn't it? I don't believe there was one. Yeah. But um, and I've got actually something to sound timed out a bit later on. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, so so I mean, commiserations to Hamwell. That's never pretty. But Harrowtown, yeah, bombastic. And uh, although they they've now won ten out of eleven, they're still unbeaten because um, they, they had a losing draw the week before against Actonian. So they they did dig in to make sure they didn't get beat. It was they were nine down in batting out. But um, so yeah, they 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 are flying. They're flying fly, flying up into Division Two. Um, I also picked up at the bottom of the table. Um, there was there was stuff going on at the bottom of the table. It was quite interesting. Headstone Manor. Um, now on 20 points. They beat Tower Hamlets by three wickets. That sounds like a really good performance. Uh, Edstone Manor were chasing 162 and they were 163 for, um, for seven. And I spoke to their skipper, um, Dylan Asani, who, who said, <laughs> sounds like he had quite a day. He, first up, he, um, <laughs> he bowled 25 overs. So he bowled, bowled all the way through from one end. And then um, thought he'd obviously have a bit of a sit down, probably a cup of tea. And uh, before he knew it, it was 12 for four and he was batting six. So uh, in you go, Dylan. Um, you, if you thought your work was done, you're wrong. So he had, he had to go in when they were struggling. Um, and, uh, you know, he tried to do his best to turn the ship around. But what Waris Dean got 68, not out. And that was, that was undoubtedly the, the key knock. And that's, um, you know, they needed 17 off the last 12 balls as well. But they won with four balls remaining. So, so they got there. Well, the counter almost, um, and that's that's going to I think be really really quite a pick me up because they're now on twenty points, 
Um, and uh, as Dylan also said, the charge to stay up now begins. And, and I think that's the way you've got to look at it. You know, when you, when you pick up a win um, and you've not been winning that many, you've got to take the positives out of it and try and, try and build on it. This leads me to you, Shri Camp. I'm going I'm to hold it. One, I was just going to say one more about uh, this division before we get to, um, before, before we get to, to talk about uh, um, you guys. And that was the SKLP. Um, they're, they're now third from bottom. They lost by six wickets to Ealing Trailfinders. And they play Tower Hamlets next week, and I think that could be that could be quite an interesting game because SKLP are eighth with twenty eight, and Tower Hamlets are ninth with twenty five, and Headstone Manor are just behind them now, having won with twenty. So, the bottom of Division Three is is looking quite interesting. I don't think Ealing Hamwellians will, will be obviously they had a bad week this week, but I don't think they'll be sleeping too easily because they're only on thirty eight as well. So, um, there's plenty that could change down there um, as the as the season progresses. Now, as we move into to, to Division 4, I was going to ask you, Shrika, we're getting into the territory where Sal and I, we look at the results and the cards. We don't know that much about about the sides. Have you, have you guys played, for example, London Tigers before? Do you know much about London Tigers, a side that you've... Yeah, we, we played them in um, Division 3 in, in the Championship, London Tigers, and what we know about them is they're a big attacking team. So, they used to play... Um, Somewhere near Heathrow, I think. Back they do. The they day, play so. at the yeah. uh, Spikes Bridge Park ground, which is in Southall. Yeah. Mm. And they are a big attacking team. So I knew that. They had an international player come down and play for the season. A great spinner. Um, I think a close game with them. We got them all out for 130 and we were chasing. I think we were 60 for zero or 60 for one. Uh, but he came on to bowl and he was spinning a bowl. Oh, dear. Yeah. A, a excellent googly. Um, and he just—he probably got nine wickets on that game, and we, we were all out for probably 110. Mm. So I remember that from London Tigers. Um, Alexandra Park, we used to also play against them, a great side to play against. West Harrow, a very aggressive side as well. Um, Friends United, um, and Lanka Lions as well. So yeah, a few, few teams we've played against, um, but I think London Tigers, the way they go about cricket, I think they probably deserve to be top in that right. division. And that's not really changed, Sal, has it? Well, what we hear from London Tigers is they are it's a pretty aggressive brand, whether they bowl or whether they bat. Yeah, they're definitely not to um, play positive cricket. I mean, and, and look to take on sides with, with bat and ball, and they've proved that this season, haven't they? And then the league table shows that, that that brand of cricket's working. Yeah, well, they... And the, the, their pitches are flat pitch as well. So it probably helps, it helps their attacking cricket. Yeah, I'm not, not so... I mean, I played at that ground on Saturday. I'm, I'm not sure I'd call it flat, if the truth be known. But at the same time, no. tracks develop. You know, weather affects tracks and preparation affects tracks. And I know Ealing Council have been really struggling because of um, folks who are isolating and struggling to get the work done on the wickets. And it, it was definitely not the easiest one to play on at the weekend. But um, yeah, right, but, okay. but at the same time, it swings in roundabouts, right? You know, these things do change. Um I was going to say they, they won last week in week 10 and um, they won by one wicket against North London Muslims. And North London Muslims, of course, are struggling. And I thought that, that was a result that sort of caught my eye a bit. Um, and then North London Muslims um, and Lanka Lions, so 9th and 10th, both won this week. And I, I think that's interesting. I, th I think there's a number of sides around the league who've had bad first halves of the season and are picking up. And these could well be too. I mean, I'm going to say picking up. Um, North London Muslims just chipped in with 305 for five, you know, which is a fair old effort when you're not really scoring any runs. Um, and they bowled pinner challenges out for 189, so that takes them to 22 points. And they're, they're now 11 behind pinner challenges, uh, and, and they'll be hoping to catch them up to, to try and stay up. One of their guys, um, uh, Zubi here, 
Gardevala scored 175, uh, and I don't know I've seen a higher score than that in the league this year. Have you, Sal? No, 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 no. I don't think of when that's 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 something isn't that is. I look at their scorecard actually. They've actually also got a bowler, um, which were eight wickets for them called Fakir yeah. Dungaria, and they sort of ring rang some alarm bells on the alarm bells and bells in my head thinking I've heard this name before. He'd actually been around a while. He's played for Radley, um first team. He's a, he's actually also played for England over fifties, so he's getting on a bit, but oh. can still obviously perform at a good level. And he took eight wickets um, on Saturday as well. So. With him in their, in their side, they've got you yeah. know one guy who can score runs and one guy who can take wickets, so it's not a bad. That's start a decent for the rest of the season, position to be in. If you, if you, I mean, and they probably need to win three more games, I think, to, or four more games, maybe out of seven. So, and it's certainly not a forlorn um, challenge for them. And, and as this week has illustrated, they they've got players who can do it. Um, I mean, I spoke to their skipper uh, uh, earlier on today, Nash, and and he he was telling me that, and this is a sort of familiar story that, that they lost a lot of players. In the winter, um, part of that was you know people moved away. Part of it was you know the, the regulation stuff that happens in clubs, um, and that made things really tough. And um, they also lost their skipper. I, I think the, the, their skipper's dad sadly passed away um, at, at the wrong time, as it were. I mean, as if there's ever a right time, but he, he passed away because of COVID. So that their preparations were just a nightmare, and, and that really made things difficult. Um, but he said that this result sort of been coming. They know that they got a little bit about them, and. Um, you know, the, the performance against London Tigers last week illustrates it too. It probably wasn't a flash in the pan. Uh, and, and they're all, you know, all guns blazing to avoid relegation this year. And then hopefully have bigger ambitions for 2022. He was talking about promotion, which, um, you know, let, let's get the first hurdle sorted out. And, and then, then they've got plans to try and try and build on it. Uh, the same with Lanka Lions, guys. They, they were at the bottom, really struggling. Um, they beat second place to Ali Pali this week. So 147 v 149 for six. And they've moved up to 21 points. So they're just one behind North London Muslims and um, uh, uh, and 12 behind Pinner Challengers. Uh, the background there is a bit different. They were, they're quite a newish club, only formed in 2012. Um, and they won Division 3 of the Championship, actually, uh, in, in 2019. Well, you finished ah, second. So, so, yes, yeah, so, it sounds like they're a decent side, Sri Canyon. Mm, yeah, they, they, again, they were a competitive team. I mean, we... we... We finished probably twelve points behind them in that in that division. So uh, we know them. Yeah. Uh, we we had an excellent season. We only probably lost two yeah. games. Um, we we won the first round. We we lost against Lankan. The second round we won, and we we kept the pressure yeah. on. Unfortunately, the two games we lost were back to back, and then that that gave him the championship. Uh, they gave him the uh, the win of the division. Right. So yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it, that's, that's quite interesting because I mean their their chairman Sian um, Dangala, who 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 was talking me through their history, really it said that you know it, it has been a little bit up and down with with, with that. You know, losing the players at that time was was really not great for the club, and now that they're 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 really struggling to, to to score runs, put runs on the board. The bowling is good, and only London Tigers have scored more than two hundred against them all season. And he, he sort of said, you know, if if we can if we can score one hundred and fifty, then we back ourselves to win most games of cricket. And part of that will be the wickets that inevitably you play on. But he said the bowling is just much better than the, the batting. He also said, I thought this was quite interesting, that they're, they're, they're on the lookout for a permanent ground. They don't have one at the moment. And they know what they're going to be called. They're going to change their name from Lanka Lions to North Wembley Cricket Club. So that, that, that they, do, they do appear to have some, you know, some, some plans moving forward. And you know, certainly wish Sihan and his guys all the very best. And, and I think that, you know, so they're going to try and... Stay up. They're on a charge, and North London Muslims are on a charge. You won't want to be pin a challengers, would you? They're, they're, they're one of the sides they're coming for. Coming for, but we'll keep an eye on it um, to see to see what see what comes of all this. 
Another side on the charge, Division 5, blip this week. But last week, Shrikant, um, Sammy Bapa went big. Talk to us about what's been going on. Um, you've been struggling, oh. except last week when it all went yeah. right. Yeah, from the start of the season, I think um, we've, had, we've had a great team, very strong team for that division, I would like to say. And, um, you know, we, we've been losing, yes, but not losing big time. You know, 15 runs, yep. 20 runs here or there. And we picked uh, this up. That's, we found that really up. interesting. It was yeah. always narrow defeats, yeah. Yeah, and always bowling sides up, maybe cheaply or not. But during the season, the batting, we, we kept having batting collapses. We never were getting partnerships. We were not ticking along getting bogged down on either end and that, and that usually got us um, to lose the game. But, you know, to not last last week, a great win for us. You know, Snell pulled it out of the bag with a great 100. I mean, he was well-deserved. One of the class players we've got And to got set the here. scene, you, you boys were um, 295 yeah. on the board, right, against Tamil United? Yeah, so we declared on the 49th over um, and we knew, I think they, they pulled out a couple of draws um, or they haven't actually, but that's what I had in my mind. Yeah. That, you know what? We want to go in and win. Give it gives ourselves more overs, um, and we want to go for the kill. Um, and 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 you know what? Our bowling lineup with uh, Jitesh and, uh, and Salish, great start to the uh, bowling innings, and we bowled them out for ninety five. Mm. I think it was no less than that. Uh, seventy eight. Yeah, seventy eight. Seventy eight. Mm. So there you go. More than two hundred run win. So that that was a great effort for the boys, and we thought that that would be the kickstart for the season. So what happened this week? So Ealing Three Bridges, um, they batted first, yeah. 229 for 9 off 50, and you guys 164, which might that might be your biggest defeat of the season. It's not it's not a massive defeat, is it? But would I, is that right? Yeah, lost by 65 yeah. runs, so I think that was the biggest defeat of the season. Um, but you know what? When we started off the bowling, we, we, we got a few wickets early on, you know. Um, there were 52 for 4, then to 84, 81 for 5. But unfortunately, uh, the middle order, Akshay Patel and Imran Sheikh kept in. Kept in uh, both got 50s. They were actually batting really well, I must say. They never gave chances away. Um, and they stuck in there. Mm. You know, When the partnership builds, the heat was on. Um, I think we probably lost it in the, in, in the middle overs with, with the temperature. Yeah, so mm. that could have been one of, those, one of those things that, you know what, can't do anything about right, um, but two two nine on that pitch was hundred percent chaseable. So when we went into bat, we sort of changed the batting lineup. We had an aggressive start from Nilesh, who went into um, and and really kicked it off all guns blazing. He got us off to a flyer. Uh, we were sixty two for one um, in probably five five or six overs. So we were going at ten runs an hour. We thought, you know what, guys, we've got this now with the batting lineup with Snell back in form with a hundred the week before. But unfortunately, another batting collapse. Um, Snell, unfortunately, went up for zero. Um, Rupak, Rupak got in, but never started ticking. And then Kashyap, unfortunately, another day. We call him our David Warner Kashyap because he's a, he's a, he's a great wicketkeeper, but an explosive batsman. So, unfortunately, Warner didn't kick off. Um, and then I had, to, I had to go in with a bad back and try to stabilize the innings. We thought we could still get it, but unfortunately, Amnish Kara fell. And then we went for the draw, and then we fell. Uh, I think four overs short. Yeah, so three, three point one. Yeah, it happens in cricket. It, yeah. it goes in cricket. We had a quick chat after the game um, with the boys, and the boys said, "Hey guys, it's, this is cricket. We didn't do anything wrong. We didn't drop any catches. We fielded well. We bowled well. Sometimes you lose some. Sometimes you win some. You know." And I notice fixtures coming up. United Sports, <laughs> right? Eighth place in the division. Hello, <laughs> Sky Sports camera is going to be there. That's the big question. This is a big one. Yeah, you got to win on Saturday. 
we have to win. It's a must win now. I mean, they're they're twenty two points ahead. Um, I think I think that's a must win. There is no question about it. Um, from then on, everybody wants to. Everybody keeps saying, "Where are you guys going to finish in the in, in the in the in the division?" We would have always wanted to be in the top three. Um, but realistically, guys, we probably want to be aiming for middle. Obviously, we don't want to get relegated. But we've got a couple of good games coming up with United and... To Tesla. be honest, though, Shrikat, surely, if I offer you eighth place, you take it, right? I get you want to aim higher, but given the current situation, it's eighth place, isn't it? Just stay up and then consolidate? No, come on. With the team we've got, we want to go for mid-table. Mid we want to we want to be in Ealing Three Bridges' place. Secure, sort of secure, let's say. Um, and finish the season with slightly high. Uh, finishing eighth would be like, you know, we tried... We tried, but we never, we never did that. Sam, remind me never to play poker with this man. If 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 he's putting the stakes up there, then uh, you know he, I'm going to walk away. You know that's the, the reason, Dan. I'm, I'm I'm like I support the players, yep. mate. We've got a really good team. We've just not clicked. And yes, we keep seeing it week in week out. We've not clicked, but unfortunately, it's that's the way it's gone for us. And you know, we thought last week with that massive win that it will start picking. And hopefully with United Sports, we come back, we, we you know, gather our thoughts and we go back and win yeah. again. But and talk to us about the rest of your division, if you can. Now, I, I, um, I see Northwick Park, who were second, play K+, Plus, who were top this week. Now, I'd, uh, K+, Plus won, and that, that they, they've been, on paper, at least the strongest performers this season. And, and New Calypsonians are now second, because they, they beat Tamil United by eight wickets. So, uh, talk to us about those three sides. What, what do we need to know? Um, K-Plus is an all-rounded side, I think. They've got a great batsman who comes in one down. forgot his name, but he was a class actor. If you get him early, then there is a batting collapse in, in place. Um, but within those top uh, top three teams, I think New Calypsonia is, is probably the toughest team that you play in that division. They've got a great batting lineup with Paul Atherton who yeah. comes in attacks, big shots. And then you've got, and then you've got the Farley brothers who who come in and bowl probably 15, 20 overs with good pace, good swing, good control. Um, you know, so I think New Calypsonian is the strongest team. But again, they didn't have a great start to the season. Yeah, they're definitely coming through. Um, and now that yeah, they're, they're now coming through. So it, it's it's a, it's going to be a close end, I think, uh, with the top two teams there. Well, New Calypsonians play Northwick Park this week, so that that could be interesting. Second v mm. third there. I have to keep a. Uh, keep an eye on on that one moving forward. Now, if we go into Division Six, um, again, not a division that Sal or I know a great deal about. Victoria Park are top, but their leads down from twenty-one to eleven because um, they lost in, in a you know lost quite convincingly actually to, to North Holt Manor. That was two hundred eight v one one three. Harrow Millennium are are second, and interestingly, they went second despite the fact that both them and Willow Leather won, but Harrow Millennium picked up a 12-point win and Willow Leather a 10-point win. And given there was a one-point gap between them, they just, just nicked ahead by one point. So uh, that was because Harrow Millennium beat CRS Cardinals um, and uh, Willow Leather chased 215, which is a decent score to chase, um, uh, um, in 44 overs against Youth Wing. So do, do you know much about these sides? Victoria Park, are they, are they a side you'll be looking out for next year if you're still in that division? Um, well, to be honest, the teams we played in Division Six probably Kingsbury Construction, right. um, South Harrow, CRS Cardinals, Youth Wing. I think those are the teams that we remember playing um, in the in the in, in the championship. Mm. And it's great to see CRS Cardinals actually in Division Six and okay mid table, 
with 44 points because they were a side that we used to love playing against, but they, they came across um, financial troubles and players leaving club and and I, I thought they were about no, to fall, regrouped, but it's great that they've, okay. they've, yeah, they have probably regrouped and, uh, and it's great uh-huh. to see them. Well, Kingsbury Construction is struggling. They're at the bottom. They're, they're, um, they're two points adrift of, of Bahani and only one goes down out of this division, or at least that's the, the way it's looking at the moment. I, I assume it will stay that way because... Uh, there's only four teams in Division Seven, but um, yeah, they they need to um, if they're going to stay in the league, Kingsbury Construction need to need to pick up. And um, I think that I looked at their fixtures; they haven't got the easiest of, of next few weeks. So um, uh, um, yeah, if you if you're going to you know and if they're not going to slip in Division Seven, they they've got to find some form quite quite mm. quickly. I'm guessing you don't know too many of the sides in Division Seven, right? No, no unfortunately, think, don't know. I think they're pretty um, new. Probably new teams. Yeah. No. I, no. I mean, we're in the same boat. Stallions remain top, um, but they, um, they, they've had a good season, but they lost to London, London Sportif, and uh, they lost in a very high-scoring game. It was 3-0-1 for seven in 40 overs that London Sportif put on the board, and Stallions, you know, they're not going to die not knowing. They were on 2-7-4 when they were bowled out, and they still had, well, what do they have left? They had 22.5 overs left, so... Um, they yeah. went big. They went attacking. Both, both sides <laughs> went big quick, um, and, and they, you know, they were all out um, well before they, they they got anywhere near the draw being in the game. So yeah, three hundred one for seven versus two seven four. I also noted that the Pecos picked up their first win. They they, they scored two two three for eight against London Super Kings, and everyone enjoys the first win of a season. And of course, it's the first win ever in the in the county league. So congratulations to. Um, uh, to them, and I, I spoke briefly to to their skipper Arvind uh, um, Venkata Ramanana, and um, he, he he couldn't play this week. He was on daily daycare responsibilities, as we all have, as a you know, father of two five-year-olds. I hear you, Arvind. Um, so so he, he pointed him in the direction of um, Santosh Haranjal, who 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 was sort of glowing in the performance, you know. And, and I get it. You score two hundred and twenty chasing um 217 that is a good performance and and he said the batting was very strong it was a it was a, an all-round team effort and the type of thing that, that gives you you know gives you a bit of faith moving forward so so pecos are off uh, they're off the mark and, and they're only three points behind london super kings so um f- fingers crossed for them that they can they can carry that on into um you know into the rest of the season so much for the seven division sal where are we with our usual sort of um uh, look at the highs and lows of the day. Anything that caught your eye? Yeah, the, the quirky parts. The quirky yeah. parts, that's it. Uh, you got it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned already um, North London Muslims scoring the high score in the ones, which is 305 for five. Yep. Uh, high scoring game. Uh, London Tide was second level and had a good day on Saturday as well. Yep. 339, 331 for nine against Calipsonians in, in, in Division Five at second level. And then um, this is a stand up right. Cracking game, this one's been good to watch if it was a, mm. uh, on the old uh, frog box or on the platforms that we have nowadays. So Hampstead, fifth 11, 301 for four and 40 overs. Probably thinking, okay, we've done enough here to, to get the result. And unfortunately, not the case because Harrow Town, fourth 11, 306 for five and 51. So Division three would have to probably produce the game of the day in terms of runs being 600 scored. 600 runs, can't knock that, can you? Yeah, not at all. And then we, and we've got a gentleman playing for Richmond Five, Dan. Do you want to yeah. explain about Mr. Mushtaq? Yeah, I want to know a little bit about Rashid Mushtaq's leave alone shots because I don't think he plays them. <laughs> uh, and forward defensives, but a sound of it, not in his repertoire. Richmond Fives were playing Kensington Chelsea Threes. And let's just say that this was a little one sided. Um, they, they scored 319 for two 
in, in 39 overs. So, you know, only 39 overs as well. And, and Rashid Mushtaq, you know, phenomenal innings. He, 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 was, uh, he, he retired on 150 and 52 balls. He had 15 fours and 13 sixes. So, um, you know, strike rate of not far off 300, uh, which, which is, um, yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> it's reasonably impressive. And Kensington Chelsea, they, uh, they didn't get it. Let's just leave that at that. They didn't get it. They, they were they were a couple of hundred short. So, so yeah, three nineteen for two, a decent effort as well. Although as you say, not quite the top one of the day. That was London Tigers twos with three three one for nine. What about the other end of the spectrum? It wasn't Kensington Chelsea threes with the lowest score, was it? Um, there, there was a team that um, struggled a bit more. Oh well, we, actually we mentioned them before. But um, you, you want to just uh, help us out again there, Sal? We mentioned in relation to the first ever yeah. side, Hackney Hang Williams, not British at all, that, but there was a side that we played in the lower, lower levels or lower level to eclipse that with Perivale fours, um, 18 all out versus Harrow fours. Yeah. Um, actually, that was last week. It was last down, week, but we can still count it because, of course, yeah. we didn't do the pod yeah. last week with 18 all out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, um, that's um, quite a, that's a tough one. Disappointing day for Perivale fours, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and we've been having some ties recently, but unfortunately, this weekend, we didn't get one. Yeah, well, the closer we got was 42 to win a real thrilling game against Jim Carner twos, um, winning by one run in Division One. Hornsey one three nine all out. Jim Carner one three eight. Yep. So that uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know too much about the context there, but with that, I mean, it, there's no way it can have been as as big a collapse as we saw before. You know, we're Indian Jim 137 for two. No, probably not. So um, so yeah, but close game one three nine one three eight. The digging award of the day. Now I mentioned this before. And um, so I reckon, I reckon people might even be listening to us because in the last two weeks, we've had some phenomenal digging in. Not so much yesterday, but in week 10, um, Harrow Fours, uh, Harrow Town Fours rather, um, they, um, th- th- they were chasing 286 for eight against Crouch End Threes, I think it is. And let's say I don't think they went for it. They were 53 for seven off 47. Um, so... Yeah, respect due, to, to be honest. And the thing I like about this, of course, is that if I've got this right, so last week, Harrowtown fours were 53 for seven, but you just name-checked them. This week, they chased 301 for four. They were 306 <laughs> for seven. So the most Jekyll and Hyde side in the league, they can chase 304 one week, and then they're 53 for seven the week before off 47. I love it. Brilliant. Also, you know, you mentioned about the name ship. Maybe they're also aware of the fact that Crouch and are unbeaten going into that game, and also their ones are also unbeaten. They're trying to think, okay, if we deny Crouch and with an old ones win, we're the last team standing. Oh. But that's there that's may be a bit of overthinking going on here. there, mate. I think, but yeah, yeah, but I like I like where you're going. Yeah, the heat the heat's got to me. <laughs> Good logic. Um, but having said that. 53 for 7 off 47 was not the dig-in of the day award for, for last week uh, at all because Hornsey 2s uh, won that. And, and this is one where I've, I've never actually seen this happen before in a game that's gone any sort of length. They were chasing uh, 213 for 5 and uh, against Harrison Mares and Harrison Mares batted 53 overs. So they had 47 overs and they ended up on 45 for 6. So I don't think I've ever seen a side that's batted, say, more than 40 overs who've actually scored at less than 1 and over. So if anyone has... Then, uh, then let us know because 45 for six is going to take some beating off 47 uh, for the digging award of the day. So I, I, I don't know whether I should say congratulations. Should I say congratulations to Hornsey Twos? Or I don't know. What do you say? Great mental <laughs> strength. <laughs> mental fortitude. Yeah, to, to bat that long and, and score <laughs> no runs, basically. Um, a couple of bits, Sal. A couple of what I wanted to chuck in. 
we mentioned two weeks ago about timed out and how we didn't really know of any in, in our lifetimes where people have actually been given, given out, um, timed out. Uh, Tom Rutherford got in touch, one of our uh, leading umpires in the county, and he was aware of one. Uh, and it was, invo- it was involving Stanmore and Wembley in a T20 semi-final a couple of years back. And Stanmore lost a couple of, um, a couple of wickets in three balls. And uh, I think there's a shortened amount of time in T20. For, well, no, there is a shortened amount of time for you to get on, get on, on the ground. And um, Stanmore, the Stanmore batter was taking a bit of time because he was caught unawares. Um, and uh, he didn't make it. Wembley appealed. And I don't think the umpires involved, and it wasn't Tom, it was one of his colleagues, were massively keen on giving this, but the laws are the laws, and, and out he went. So there was a time day. It wasn't quite in a county league game. It was in a, in a T20 semi-final. But, um, but that's the first and only one that I've personally ever heard of. Should you count it a time day? Was there, you had any of that sort of shenanigans? No, I think not in our division. We're sort, sort, of, sort of relaxed. Um... Are you sure? But you know, in, yeah, yeah, yeah sort of relax. I mean, I would love yeah. to. I would, I would 100% appeal on a timed out, uh, um, and it's up to the umpires yeah. to make the decisions. But I think it should be out. Yeah, I think th- it's up to interpretation. It's three three minutes. It's, it's up to yeah, no, I, yeah, three minutes. It yeah. should be out 100. Well, I think it should, it's an eternity. Um, three minutes. There's no way you shouldn't be out there yeah. at that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. I mean, we had a similar instance two week, couple of weeks ago um, when we were playing Kensington Chelsea. I was at slip. Um, the batsman well left it, went to the keeper, but the keeper just tumbled it. Um, and then, as soon as that happened, the bat, both of the batsmen started having a wonder uh, chatting together in the middle of the wicket. So I, I sort of gathered that this is happening. So I picked up the ball, rolled it, and stumped, re- you know, stumped them. Um, I appealed, and no one really gathered it, and I, and I appealed. And the umpire said, not out, because he already said it's, he called you over, but which he didn't. And I think that should have been run out. The leg empire was sleeping, I would like to say. So, <laughs> but, I think the laws of cricket are quite simple now. If he had called over, then I think... But he did it. He did it. It was the fourth, it was the fifth ball, I think, or the fourth ball. He didn't call you over, but he oh. said, he said there should be, you know, but hey, it happens. I did appeal. And then they came back to say, oh, come on, mate, it's spirit of the game. But spirit, spirit of the game. game is down to interpretation. Spirit of the game. I, I, I wasn't sure whether I should go here, but I, I might as well. Spirit of the game, not... <laughs> not my favourite term, as many many might remember. But um, I, on the same day that you're talking, this is week ten, Shrikant, right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I had a, a spirit of cricket incident myself, and I, I'd be quite interested to know what people think of this. And, and to, to stress, there, there was no incident per se. It was just a, you know, um, it was uh, sort of me and, and, and our umpire Hugh Lindsay having a disagreement about whether a batsman was out, and the disagreement was perfectly fine. There was, there was no, no no sort of misbehaviour as such. Um, but we forty overs into the game. I'm at long on, and a guy hits the ball to me at long on. We're playing Southgate threes over in uh, over at Southgate, and he sort of meanders up to the other end, takes one. I meander towards the ball, pick it up, and the guy, you know, get, gets to the other end, and immediately turns around and starts talking to his partner, and yeah, you know, I can't remember exactly what he was saying, but advising him on how to play the next ball, and starts walking towards him. Now I've I've jogged towards the ball, picked the ball up, I see him walking out of his ground, and I jog a bit quicker. And all the time with the ball in my hand. Um, and then I sort of realised that he's paying no attention whatsoever to me. So I, I sort of try to run as fast as a 46-year-old bloke can run. And, um, and my whole team sees what's going on because, of course, they're sort of looking at me. Again, most of the Southgate guys had seen and they're yelling at the guy now, you, you better turn around, you better get back. And he, he didn't 
pick up on it quickly enough. So I was trying to hair in now to the stumps at the boulder's end and, and, and ran him out. So I appealed for, for a run out. And I should say, the guy was on about 40 himself. He was a player we wanted to get out. He was causing us a bit of a nuisance. And um, Hugh Lindsay, our umpire at Twickenham, who stands in the thirds, um, he just said, no, it's not out. And I said, it is, Hugh. But why is it not out? And um, to stress, all a perfectly amicable sort of discussion. But I think, well, yeah, of course it's out. He's, he's, he's turned around, wandered out of his crease, and I've not chucked the ball to anybody. It's definitely not dead. It's the fifth ball of the over, so there's no way that any of that comes into it. And Hugh just said, um, well, it might be out by the laws, but I'm not giving it out because it's against the spirit of cricket. That's all right, is it? That, that could have been a decision that could have lost you the game or won whatever. You know, it could Sal, I'm coming to you. You're a resident there. umpire. Uh, exactly that, Sal. Come on, what's, yep. what do you well, think? Listen, I mean, laws of the game is out, okay? Good. He's That's out. enough for me. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no reason to say so. Now, if he's... If it's in this, I'm not sure where his point is on, it's, you know, the spirit of cricket. They do say on the course here, there's unwritten law, which is called common sense. Yeah. But yeah. in this situation here, I think the batsman is, is guilty of not applying common sense here. Not you guys. So I don't feel, I feel we've been hard done by here, really. Uh, there's no reason why it should come under the heading of spirit of cricket. You tried to run a player out who's out with ground. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's sort of like a man cat, isn't it? And in a way, I'm not. I'm not sort of massively... But surely if you pick the ball up on the boundary, you still have it in your hands. He's, the ball's not dead. So he's the batsman should be thinking, OK, once the ball's returned to the keeper, yeah. it's in the keeper's hands, then I can actually, or if in the bowler's hands, then, you know, he's going back to the runner, yeah. then you can say, OK, now I know the ball's dead. Yeah. And, and You're uh, still with the ball and running off. And I'm, I'm not going to beat up on you. I love you to bits. Hugh's 80 plus, you know. It's stat on Hugh Lindsay, our third 11 umpire. Only two people are captain the United Kingdom, uh, the United Kingdom football team at an Olympic Games. Ryan Giggs in 2012 and Hugh Lindsay in 1964 there you go so he's a legend I'll let him off then yeah and I gave him a big, a big sloppy kiss no I didn't it's Covid compliant no I didn't give him a big sloppy <laughs> kiss but you know we're cool but it was just a really and Hugh basically just didn't like it he just felt it was not not what he wanted to see on a cricket field so I think he was probably wrong if I'm being brutally honest but you know part and parcel of the game eh? a story for me but to I mean, tell on a podcast did he, did he talk to the batsman after and say to him in the future you need to be very careful what you're doing or just sort of well I, I think he will I think he'll have learned yeah. that one. Um, but but you're right. I mean, and anyone who's, who saw me running at the ball, I mean, I'm not saying I'm running quick, but um, the ball was always live. It was never dead, never in a month's Sunday. Um, and thankfully, it didn't really affect the game because he, he, he didn't, he was not out at the end. He didn't score any runs and we got a winning draw. So, you know, um, all fine and done. Anyway, so much about that. There, there we go. We'll move on. Sal, what else do we need to know? We've got no one left in terms of nine out of nine. We can draw a line under that one. Um, yep, that's done with now. Other news? We have some cup um, games took place today, so the, 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 the Middlesex League Cup, the senior version, which is contested by Premier Division sides and a couple of Div 1 sides. We now have the semi-finalists, and actually we have two, um, sorry, we have uh, one all Premier Division time, which is Ealing will play Richmond, because Ealing defeated um, Stanmore today in quite a close game, right. went down to the last over, and then um, Richmond beat Bronsby in the Battle of the Nelsons, where Rob Nelson of Bronsby was playing against his son James Nelson, and it's young James who takes the bragging rights in the Nelson household as Richmond advance to semi-finals where they'll play Ealing. And the other, it's, uh, the other semi-final will be Harris St. Murray's playing at Acton. So we're going to have oh. a, a sort of David and Goliath scenario when it comes to the actual final. So that'll be something to look forward to. And do you know where the um, venues are? Because, I mean, that'll be quite interesting for the second one. If it's a Harris St. Mary's, it might be a different type of game to if it's at Acton, I guess. I'm not, if the website does show it... Um, 
doesn't say whether it's been just put in as a team that's won first. I'm not sure yeah. entirely if it's whether who. I mean, I think Harrison Mears, well, it said actually, yeah, Harrison Mears at home and Eden got at home. It said to be played by Sunday, 15th of August. So um, that could be the next few weeks. With regarding Ealing, we um, mentioned the podcast last week, obviously it didn't take place, so we got away with it, but um, Ealing are playing their national game this week, this weekend, this Sunday, where they take on Weybridge from the Surrey Championship at Corfton Road. I think it's normally a one o'clock start, right. so if anyone's in the area, has a bit of time on their hands, mm. I'm sure Christian and Martin and his members and, and Ealing guys will appreciate some support to see if they can go into the last day of the competition. Super. I mean, I know um, uh, East Molesey and Weybridge involved in the Surrey T20 finals day today. And I'm trying to test. I know East Molesey didn't win. Rygate won that. Yes, Rygate won in the final. That. Yeah, that's right. So so I'm not sure if they... I know, I know that Rygate have won their version. Um, Brent would have won their version, their six. I think Hartford won the hearts. So I'm not sure if they're the three counties that will contest right. in 2020 with regarding Ealing. I know, normally, I know Essex normally do sort of take part in it. Surrey maybe as well, so unless it's another sort of county like East Anglia, but that might be too far away. So it could be those three that will play with Reading to see. And it will be a, f- a, a day when the four of them meet, will it? Is, is that how it normally works? Yeah, then we have like two semi-finals and the final. I don't, I'm not sure. If it's, I don't think it's a round-robin format. I think it's just like a draw yeah. and you just play. But it could be. I'm not sure. That'd be a good day. If, it, if it's anywhere close, I'd really recommend people go and look at that. There could be 120 yeah, hours. Yeah, I'm not sure they choose a venue for that normally. Um, but yeah, if it's, in, if it's in Middlesex County or just on the edge of it, you know, maybe in Surrey somewhere, yeah, definitely a good day. So obviously, eating, eating of that to deal with as well. So three big weekends of cup action for them to look forward to and mm. sort of like try and um, put behind this sort of, you know, mm. disappointing leave. I was going to say, you know what to say about a football though? You know, concentrate on the cups, have this great cup run and end up, you know, struggling in the league. And I still can't quite well, believe Ealing are going you... anywhere. But, um... No, I mean, the question I'd love to ask Christian is, I'm love to ask him, I'm sure it'd be annoying about asking him, but... You know, do you, would you take a national win over or relegation? You know, over, and take relegation. Would you? Would you? You know, as a side. I wouldn't ask him in person. You mean you might? But it's like the holy grail, isn't it? You know, yeah. I think the club championship is one they've wanted for years. Um, and Southgate got to the final when when there was a div one side. So yeah. Stanmore, Stanmore, you know, Stanmore, yeah, yeah, Stanmore. Yeah. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Ealing will be. Um, too good, too good to, start to go down. And oh, don't say maybe that. Get I don't cup. say that. I don't for goodness' sake. Too good to go down. They are doomed if we start saying that. But uh, yeah, I really jinx Crouch Jinx because they win the league too. Yeah, you give them the title. They ain't quite. It's all gone pear shaped since then, hasn't it? So yeah. this is why the so game is so damn interesting. Yeah, excellent guys. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, fingers crossed. We, we've got the tech right. I've got the tech right this time. I think we have. Um, and um, we'll look forward to seeing how, the, how, how, how all the fixtures go next weekend. Shrikant, thanks ever so much for coming on board um, and for telling us a bit more about Swami Bapa. And I think that's really interesting. Many, many people will know, um, will have known very little before you, you, know, you talked us through that. So best of luck for the rest of the season. We'll obviously be following. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we sort of wish you, we wish you well there. And um, do come back at some point and tell us, you know, tell us how the rest of the season pans out. Yeah, Dan, thanks a lot for following us and inviting me to the podcast. I mean, love listening to it um, and 100%. We'll do our best to keep you guys entertained on the edge of your seat. And yeah, I'll 100% come back when you guys invite me. Thanks very much. Good stuff. Okay, well, we'll reconvene next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Thanks, guys.